Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. I am your host, Christopher D. Littlefield, and with me for the first time is Matt, the co-host of Random Trek Review. Matt, how are you today? And is it Matt or Matthew? Matt. Uh, Matt. Matt's fine. I like it. It's it's short and zippy. Okay. So so Matt Matt works for me. Cool. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's it's been kind of a dreary day here. So um, you know, I've got some some tea, Earl Grey hot, and I'm I'm ready for some Trek talk. All right. Always a winning combination. Absolutely. It was a little little dreary here down right outside of NYC also. I assume that there will be some sort of initiation out since this is my first time. I mean, not really. Uh, Oh, well, that's a relief. Maybe I'll come up with something as we go along. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Fair enough. So for the first time commenters... We sing first-time commenter for them. We don't have any this week. If we did, you would probably have to sing it, but we don't have that, so. Probably a good thing that there are none, then. Uh, You don't want to hear me singing, I don't think. Oh, I do. I do. I want to so badly. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Well, it's good to have you. Thanks for coming on. No problem. I'm looking forward to it. All right, listeners, we are back in the Mirror Universe with Terra Firma Part 1, the ninth episode of Disco, and of course, Open Channel is dedicated to facilitating the fan conversation about every new Trek episode as it drops and other topics we decide to talk about when we don't have new shows. To join the conversation on Facebook, type the Nexus into the search field and join Holosuite Media's listeners group. Follow us on Twitter and the gram at Open Channel Trek. I'll post a conversation thread when each new episode drops, and you can leave your comments and questions and concerns and theories, and in some cases, this week, your your anger at the episode, and they <laughs> just might get read on the air. Keep in mind that comments may be edited for time. I'm looking at all of you this week. You're all guilty. <laughs> anyway yeah, i had a look at the facebook thread there was some pretty lengthy uh oh my god comments. and it's so great because i love all of the thought like it's hard to cut it down because they're so thought well thought out and they everybody makes really good points the positive and negative you know it's true yep there's some there's good stuff there well i'm, I'm looking forward to going through yeah. all this. So thanks again, listeners, for your comments. I thought it was a, a a nice, fiery chat this week. So let's get into what you had to say. Matt, go for it. All right. Leading off, uh, Kirsty Keen. Uh, loved this episode. Was not expecting a return to the Mirror Universe at all. The Terrans are so delightfully evil. I think this looks like our way into the eventual S31 show. Can't wait for part two. Mm-hmm. That was a very unexpected turn. Now, I kind of spoil, I I don't know if you know this, but in Canada, you can only watch Discovery on Thursdays if you have this thing called cable. I don't know if you're familiar with cable. I, I do. I am. I, I have cable. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Oh, well, this is a, a new technology to me. Okay. So those of us that are not fortunate enough to have cable, we have to wait till Friday at 9 p.m. before right. we can actually watch it. So this, it's very difficult to avoid spoilers for like two full days. And so I actually knew the Mirror Universe was coming, despite my best efforts. 
you have to do a social media blackout before the episode drops for you. I, I do my best, man, but sometimes it just it yeah. sneaks through. So, Kirsty, I wasn't expecting it either. And if you listen to my Discovery show with Brandy and Dave, What the Future Holds, they were expecting it. Brandy was expecting it because she put two and two together with Terra Firma and was like, oh, this must be mirror related. I, I, it went over my head. Mine too. <laughs> I can't wait for part two either. I, it was unexpected. It, it, it took me a little time to get used to what was going on, which we really don't even still know what's going on. And then I just kind of surrendered to the ride and I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Sometimes, like Deep Space Nine, I think maybe it got a little carried away, but uh, I actually, I like, I love the aesthetics of the Discovery Mirror Universe. So going back yeah. there was was pretty cool. They redress the sets really, really well in Disco for the Mirror Universe. They sure did. Paloma Bennett says the Mirrorverse is one of my favorite recurring Star Trek storylines. See, me too, Paloma. Like people hate on it so much. I was ex- actually expecting a lot more hatred for this episode than we got because I've heard so many negative comments about the mirror universe in the past few years, I guess with discovery and I eat it up. I love the DS nine mirror universe episodes too. I'm one of those. So uh, Paloma goes on. I love how much Rome has influenced the Terran empire through their uniforms, names, and their use of language. I also have a theory that Carl may be a Q. Well, Paloma, that's a great observation about Rome. Totally. Yep. And uh, yeah, I've heard that theory too. And I've heard other theories that we'll get to as well. If Carl is a Q, he's the like most relaxed, like laid back Q that I think we will ever see. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, even though the Q are omnipotent and omniscient, they could have changed over the years, right? Like, I mean, and we've, you remember the one Q that was like a lot nicer the one that Janeway met up with in the Civil War or whatever that was going on. Like, he was pretty cool. And even the original Q himself was was deep down a softie for humans. Uh, well, he had a soft spot for them, that's for sure, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. My, my feeling is maybe this is like the original Q, and he's just so old and jaded that he's just sitting on a bench reading a newspaper in a, on a snowy planet in the Gamma Quadrant. Okay. <laughs> maybe that's what Qs do when they retire. I don't know. Maybe. Or when they're like over what the rest of the queue has made the continuum become. That's, yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, screw y'all. I'm just hanging out here in the snow <laughs> with my paper and my magic door. <laughs> yeah, the, the the magic doorway. Yeah. Okay, Liam Smart. Uh, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't not expecting that hard swing back in time and into a different universe. I am also pleasantly surprised it was a Kelpian ship and not the Discovery in that nebula. Good job, Disco writers, for keeping us guessing. That was an interesting choice, the Kelpian ship, and I am very curious to see how that will play out. Yeah. But that whole thing was like kind of, like, by the end of the episode, I like almost totally forgot about all that stuff. Yeah, there was cool stuff that happened in the Prime, and then it kind of got overshadowed for a moment. We'll go back for sure. Um, did you know, Matt, that the Doctor was played by Hannah Spear, the same actor that played Serana in season two and in Brightest Star? No, I didn't catch that. And I'm yeah. normally pretty good at spotting actors or actresses sort of out of their element, playing different characters or whatever, but I, I, yeah, I totally missed that. So I have a theory that maybe this doctor is a 
progeny of Saru and Serana. Maybe. Although, you know, as I say on the other show, the Star Trek producers are very loyal to their actors. So they'll bring, you know, Kenneth Mitchell, for example. And yeah, that's very true. All right. Daniel Huckfield loved, loved, loved this episode. I have there's so much love for this episode and I was not expecting it. It took me a while, too. I have not been a fan of the Mirror Universe generally, but this was epic. Best episode of the season so far, without doubt. Okay, you lost me there, Daniel. I disagree, but I did like it. (laughs) The echoes of The Guardian were a nice touch, and the way the Prime Universe has changed Giorgio is fascinating to see. If she kills Lorca, then surely there is a massive change in the timeline. I am fascinated to see how they deal with this. What do you think about that comment, Matt? Well, if this is real life, and I mean some theories are out there that this is all just in Giorgio's head and that whatever she does there's no ramifications but uh if if she's like messing around with with history that that could be very interesting to see what that leads to well for one she killed Stamets and Stamets is not killed by her at this point and and by her at all right yep it's uh it's is it Lorca or is it Landry I forget who killed Stamets I forget. That anyway, seems like was... it was so long ago. I mean, I mean, it's only two seasons, but it feels like it was long. I mean, I think that's because 2020 has felt like, you know, a decade. But anyways, I digress. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, Daniel, I, 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 I like the idea that this could be real in some way, but I don't think that they would change the events. So, you know, Brandy had mentioned that it's kind of like a this is your life type of thing for Giorgio. So... I don't know. We will see. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if it's real. That that's going to open a can of worms. I think that. Well, because then want to open. Stamets would never meet Stamets, and then like he wouldn't get stuck. I don't know. It would screw everything up. Yes, it would screw the entire first season up and season two when they reconstitute Culber and all of that. Like it would just change all of that. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't have to deal with that. <laughs> that's too much that's already giving me a headache yes uh yeah yeah uh next rob vaughn on twitter uh he says i used to hate looking in the mirror but now i love it what an episode seeing the character development of georgia was good and damn it was great to see landry again i was also quite happy to see landry again i was too and she really pissed me off originally <laughs> But I was happy to see her. I think I also just really love Rekha Sharma. Like, I'm just like, oh, she's so awesome. She's such an awesome person. Yeah, I was pretty annoyed when, you know, she turns up on the Discovery. And I'm like, oh, because I I recognize her mostly from Battlestar Galactica, which is one of my favorite shows. And then Mm. she gets brutally, you know, murdered by a tardigrade, you know, within about half an hour. (laughs) I can still hear her scream when when Ripper... (laughs) Like basically just eviscerated her in front of her. Yeah, that was that was disappointing, but she's back. That's good. Yeah. Um, so I stand corrected. I totally forgot. We do have a first time commenter, and it's Rekha Sharma. She commented on Rob Vaughn's comment and said, Discovery has taken the mirror to a whole new level, right? Yes, Rekha. Uh discovery sure has and you're a first time commenter so welcome to the show i don't know if she's listening i hope you are 
but that was very exciting. I love how the, the, the Trek actors interact with, with the fans and the listeners and the watchers and all that. It's so awesome. It's true. Yeah, that that's pretty cool that she uh, chimed in. I know. I know. All right. Sticking with Twitter, uh, Rebecca Skipper says, Giorgio gets her version of Tapestry with a being that reminds me of Q and the Guardian of Forever. Don't like the mirror universe, but love the prime universe character moments, including the scene between Saru and Vance. Vance is the Admiral Kirk needed after Spock died. Hmm. Guardian of Forever, huh? That that I've I heard that a few times, and that's kind of an interesting uh, possibility as well. Yeah, Brandy talked about that on the other show too, and that really excites me. Yeah, I, it's pretty cool that they would go all the way back to the beginning to one of the most classic uh, episodes that there is. Yeah, I I like this idea a lot. Yeah. Um, Rebecca, so I'm trying to think of Vance advising Kirk after Spock died. That's an interesting idea. I'm trying to. I'm, what I'm trying to imagine is how Kirk would respond to Vance. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Like, that's... what would the dynamic be there? Well, yeah, it's kind of hard. We don't really know much about Vance. He's still mm-hmm. so he's still very much like sort of an enigma to me. And I feel like there's sort of I feel like just the way he's acting that there's something some significant event that sort of shaped who he is that we're going to find out about. Yeah. I don't know if you've listened to this or what the future holds before, but I've he Vance reminds me of Janeway a lot in the way that he handles protocol and and dealing with new people coming in and trying to do things. Yeah, that's a that's an that's a good observation. Yeah, I like that comparison. Karen Hasha says, "Whoa, I did not expect to go back to the mirror universe this season. That's brilliant. Let's talk about the things that happened in this universe. Adira is so adorable when they realize they forgot to unpause their algorithm. <laughs> Stamets was really nice about it, which shows his growth." Season one Stamets would have ripped them a new one. Am I going to get gutted if I start trusting Vance now? Because he's starting to look like a good guy. All right, one thing real quick, Karen. I edited your comment and changed your uh, she, her pronouns to they, them, because Adira and the actor Blue, as we know, is non-binary and their pronouns are they, them. So I edited your comment and just remember um, people's uh, people's personal pronouns there. But yeah, I loved I love the Adira Stamets stuff that's going on, and it does show a big change in Stamets. Absolutely, grumpy Stamets in season one would have just, like she said, like like Karen says, ripped her a new one is the correct way to describe how I would have expected old school Stamets to re- respond to that. And and I mean, I can I'm an, I I work sort of in IT kind of, so I can like totally empathize with making a silly mistake like that and you know and losing time and being you know being upset by it but I, that was a cool funny it was kind of a nice funny scene and and yeah we see a lot of growth from from Stamets yeah to be fair i think he is still grumpy Stamets i don't think that that part of him is gone i think there's just a little bit of softening of the edges maybe well, early in the season where there was that episode where like it was basically Stamets versus Jet Reno in a grump fest. <laughs> oh yeah. That was that was very different though. That I mean I, they're oh, yeah. very yeah. similar. Uh, they're very oh, yeah. similar. And there's also like the 
I don't know. I've t- I talked about it on the other show too. The the gay lesbian kind of like bi- family bickering sort of thing. <laughs> I think I think that that's mirrored in that too personally. Um, but Karen, I I think Vance is a good guy. I think he just has a lot going on. I don't know. I have this feeling that like they're gonna discover that he did something horrible and and you know maybe uh-huh. he's trying to redeem himself by doing all the right things now i could be wrong i don't know we'll see hmm. oh my god random in here did you hear somebody did you see the tweet about somebody hoping that kovich is future guy from enterprise oh my someone tweeted that and was like please 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 discovery please do that interesting right that would be something that would be that something. would be crazy Kovich is going to turn out to be something, you know, he's, oh, he's, yeah. he's not just some guy who seems to know everything. He's going to be, I, I mean, I feel like he's the head of section 31 type of situation. I think he's going to definitely be on the section 31 series. I don't know. I could be wrong. That would be just considering, you know, David Cronenberg's a pretty old dude. You know, if they're mm-hmm. going to put him in the section 31 show, I don't know. You could be right. It would be it would be fun if he was because I think they like nailed the casting on that like a hundred percent. Yes, yes. And did you also hear the thought that he could possibly possibly be an Elorian? That would that would be it would make sense that he would know all these things, you know, because yeah. Elorians live to be like a gazillion years old, right? And their listener, he obviously knows a lot. Yes, yes. You know, who knows? Wolf. We'll, I, I suspect we will find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Carlin said, "This just might be my favorite one so far of the season. Didn't expect another trip to back to the Mirror Universe, but I'm not complaining. It was also a great ride so far. Can't wait for part two, and we finally get to see the real Captain Killy. Also, there is precedent for time travel having ill effects, as evidence in the sensory aphasia and temporal psychosis we saw in the Voyager episode Relativity." I like that, Patrick. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's true. You know, when when they when Kovic was talking about the, you know, her molecules want to be back in their right time and in the right universe, it it, it kind of did make a little sense. And I think that Patrick is is right that there is precedent, um, because relativity. That's that one where Seven was like sent on that mission and the and uh what's his name braxton like kept sending her to different time periods is that the right oh, one i don't know i'm way overdue for a voyager rewatch but someone will correct us when when the episode drops yeah well, <laughs> if i'm wrong they will tell me yeah oh definitely <laughs> but yeah like was i think in that episode there was like a limited number of times that they could send her back before it started messing up with her with her brain so right. i i think that that patrick is right that there there is some precedent so it's not a completely outlandish thing for them to throw in there my friend dave had mentioned it's kind of like a vhs tape like every time you play it it erases it a little bit because it's magnetic yeah yeah or cassette mm-hmm. tape right right more te- more more uh more ancient technology mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Jadu says, just finished this episode and I'm speechless. Ultimately, they were not speechless, though, because they went on quite a bit. So I'm going to read some of it. (laughs) I never expected that we would travel over 930 years back in time for an episode or two, yet also go back to pre-season one. 
I don't know much about the Guardian of Forever, so I can't comment on how it is a manifestation of it, as I grew up watching TNG, DS9, and Voyager, and the only episode of the original series I have seen is The Trouble with Tribbles. Jay, you've got to do something about that. (laughs) You've got to do something about that. (laughs) I have to make a confession here. I was in the same boat until about four years ago. I'd seen seen maybe... 25% 25% of the episodes, like maybe a couple dozen, and I went back and watched them all. So, um, okay. I, I would say that you're missing out if that's the only episode you've seen, although it is a very good episode. Yeah, it is a good episode. Yeah. With all of the mentions of Captain Lorca, I was actually expecting to see him in the final scene or in the preview for Terra Firma 2. Perhaps he will make an appearance, so I am setting myself a reminder of this personal log for next week. Okay, pause. Jay, I, my prediction is that. We will see Lorca again, but it's like going to be the biggest, best kept secret of the season. That would be fine with me. I have a lot of time to for Captain uh, Gabriel Lorca. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And then Jay goes. I keep interrupting. Uh, Jay says, when Giorgio killed Stamets, I wonder how much of the Mirror Universe arc has changed now with the simple act of death. It's like the butterfly effect. Yeah, exactly. So I don't. I don't think that's what's going on, but but yeah, it, like we said, it would just screw everything up. It would screw the whole show up, <laughs> basically. They have to start all over again. Yeah. Did anyone else notice that they refer to each other as comrades, similar to how members of the communist parties of the 20th and 21st century would refer to themselves? Yeah. I think I did notice that, yeah. Yeah, we talk a lot about that type of that type of thing especially in art in in what the future holds as well so um yeah thanks jay yeah very lot a lot of thought into that one holy smokes there's a lot, mm-hmm. a lot and there. that wasn't that wasn't everything that they wrote <laughs> <laughs> okay let's move on to your questions and concerns here we go oh you boy haters <laughs> this could be the this could be a contentious uh section here it may be <laughs> We'll start with J.J. Becker, who says, This is, apparently, part one of the segue into the new Section 31 show. So, mostly, a lot of plot development stuff here. They tried to make it exciting, but for me, that missed the mark a bit. I don't think I care much for the idea of changing the timeline in the Mirror Universe, but we'll see where they take it. It was cool seeing Paul Guilfoyle as Anubis. I mean Q. I mean Carl. I know it was the guy from the other crime show that played Anubis. I would like to take a moment to discuss how awesome Miri Owo is. I mean, she's just oozing hotness all over the screen. There are a lot of lovely looking people in this show, but yowza. <laughs> Owo was awesome in this episode. Um, yeah, I like the scar on her face. It, it reminded me of uh, Mirror Sulu from the original Mirror Universe episode, because he had this, like, really ugly scar right down the side of his face. Her O's was a little more subtle, but that's Mm -hmm. what it kind of reminded me of. It looked real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's that's accurate, yes. The one that Sulu had looked uh, not real. Yeah, Jay, (laughs) going back to Jay, Jay, go back and watch Mirror Mirror from the original series. That's, That's your first homework. And then watch my favorite episode, The Corbamite Maneuver. <laughs> mm. Yes, The Corbamite Maneuver. Mm-hmm. I love it. I have an Eagle Moss of the Fisarius. Oh, very nice. It. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as a giant 
pollen molecule. <laughs> Janessa Kiharta says, the mirror universe is my least favorite place to be in the Trek multiverse. I've, I've never heard anyone say Trek multiverse. I like that she says that. That being said, there was good stuff here. I liked Mira Burnham's rationale for her betrayal that Giorgio took everything from her when she, quote, rescued her, even if it was just a trash heap. I liked that Stamets got killed by Giorgio again. Captain Killy in action. Yes! Mira Culber was a surprise, although I don't think he got any lines. I remember it being said in season one there was no Mira Culber then because the writers didn't want to taint audiences' perception of him. But since this appears to be happening all in Giorgio's head, it's not as big of a deal. So I think, Janessa, the my headcanon for that is that there was just no Mirror Culber in the writing for the episode, but there was one in existence. That's my headcanon. I don't know. Makes sense. I, I can buy that. He just didn't turn up the first time yeah. around. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see how Giorgio's time in the Prime Universe has influenced her actions and perceptions of the Mirror Universe. She doesn't seem very pleased to be there, and she realizes it. Gamma Quadrant Newspaper Guy, I need more info and less, quote, just because magic, please. <laughs> also, the alien universe jumper, Yor. He was said to have arrived in Prime in 2379, but... It looks like a first-season spandex next-gen uniform, 2366, and Nero's mining ship didn't cross over into from Prime to Kelvin until 2387. I didn't think about any of that. <laughs> no, I, I it. no, I wasn't uh, like flipping through the calendar and you know being like, wait a minute, that jumpsuit uniform was not in use. Uh, that wasn't. I had no idea. I mean, I'm sure you could explain it somehow, right? Like, maybe maybe he jumped around and with, I don't know, like the archive picture, he was, like, undercover in some other time. I don't know. Does that even make sense? What, what was it that Kovic called him, like, a temporal soldier or something like that? So it's, it's possible that he was in several different timelines, yeah. and maybe that's just the most flattering, fo like, hollow image that they, the Kovic has of him. Maybe the, maybe the other uniforms make him look fat. I don't know. <laughs> and it all, I, no, I think if any uniforms in Star Trek history would, it would be those from season one. <laughs> well, you're, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> They're practically painted on. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, I, I'm I'm not gonna like get out the calendar and check that. I mean, the episode was good enough that you don't even really think about that, like you said. Yeah, no, but I like that people do that. No, I'm just not that guy. Got to keep them honest, I guess. Yeah. All right, uh, Paz Greenland or Baz Greenland, sorry. Uh, he says, I enjoyed the universe, but not convinced a two-part trip to a pre-season one mirror universe is not more than a little indulgent when we only have 13 episodes this season. The main thread dropped off a cliff the moment Georgiou went through the door. That being said, the mirror universe is always fun. We'll need to see where part two goes before I'm fully decided on how successful it is. So it's like, you don't want to go there, mm. but... Maybe you want to go there is, is sort of what I take from this <laughs> to the mirror I, universe that is. I mean, I, I just disagree because I don't think the main thread dropped off a cliff the moment Giorgio went through the door. I think that that's when 
that's when the story really started happening for Giorgio, and then it became all about her character and what she was going through. Well, didn't they go back to it like sort of in the middle when they when Adira and Stamets had kind of like figured out that distress call? Wasn't that like in the middle of the episode? I don't I didn't think that we went back to Discovery at all. Well, maybe I don't know, maybe after just... she went through the door. I'd have to rewatch it, but I don't I don't believe so. Oh, well, fair enough. Nah. Nicholas Paul Collinson says, "What the fuck is happening?" Four question marks. That was probably one of the best episodes of the season, but I think all I have are questions. Does this lead into Calypso? Is this a backdoor pilot for Section 31? How is this all happening? Who the hell is Carl? Is he a Q? Carl? Spelled with a Q. Q Q-A-R-L. I know Trek has its fair share of omnipotent beings, but which is he? I love Discovery's portrayal of the mirror universe. The Terrans are just so evil, but in such a compelling way and their makeup is so on point. I'm so excited for next week. Where is this all going? So many questions, Nick. That is a lot of questions, yeah. But hey, that's why we have two parts here, you know? It gives them, gives them double the time to sort it all out. Oh, yeah. I love a, a good episode that, that gives me more questions than answers. Yeah, of course. That's why we watch. Get the answers we seek. Yes. And Nick, it's going to be okay. We'll know... Maybe some of the answers <laughs> next week. Maybe not. Hopefully. But you know, they got three episodes after that, so who knows? Maybe they're maybe they're oh, just God. dragging us along here as long as they can. I can't believe we're already coming up to episode 10. That's insane. Yeah, it's been flying by. Yeah. Flying by here. All right, and finally, for this section, we have Matthew Mevis, who says, The cast, as always, delivered their performances, but this episode felt like a total waste of film for the whopping five minutes of story we got. Good writing is about because, therefore, but statements driven by character agency. Bad or lazy writing is a series of and-then statements, and this episode feels like a string of and-then statements. In a 23-episode season, you can indulge these kind of meandering episodes, but not in a 13-episode season. Overall, the story leaves much to be desired, and I hope part two is a better episode. Oof. Yikes. Yowza, as in the words of JJ. So, Matthew, I think that you're the hater of the week. <laughs> oh, is there an award for... Uh... No, I just made it week. up right now. Now <laughs> there's an award, and Matthew wins it. Congratulations. I, I just... This seems like really hypercritical. I I I think that there was like the for me the entire episode was driven by char- character agency, and I don't think it's lazy writing or bad writing. Um, like all of it was about character agency. The relationship, like first of all, just everything Georgia was going through in her mind. Like I feel like she nailed so much subtlety. Like this is a very lost, damaged, broken person, and. I feel like she really sold it, and I was just feeling for her the whole time. Feeling for her, also not liking her because she's a murderer. And then all of the character agency involving Burnham, Stamets, all the little tiny looks that everyone kept giving each other behind, you know, when 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 Giorgio wasn't looking, even though you know she noticed some of it. And I don't know, I I I have a hard disagree with this, Matthew. <laughs> I don't know. I have a hard time feeling any level of sympathy for Giorgio. I get that. Being being who she is. 
I mean, sure. I have one thing I kind of have a hard time with is like, what is she still doing on the ship? You know, like she's this murderous, uh, cannibalistic individual who's done uncountable, horrible things. And she treats people like dirt. Uh, you know, you know, there's that that little interaction with Tilly, who's like trying to be nice to her. And she like like the schoolyard bully, like flings her what I don't even know what food that was. Onto yeah. Like, what is she still doing there? Why isn't she like like locked in a dungeon somewhere? I don't. That's, I don't really get why they keep her around. I think that this episode is setting up part of the reason why. And actually, there's a comment coming up that's very, very eloquent that I like that might might help us a little bit. Well, if they have a good, if they can get to a good reason for why they keep her around, then maybe I would. I'd be more accepting of it. But for as it stands right now, it's like, why is she still there? Well, she is here first and foremost because of Michael and because of Michael's conflict involving Prime Giorgio and her mom issues and all of that too. So there's a lot going on with the relationship between Michael and Giorgio. And then that reflects back to their relationship with themselves. But that, that again, that, that kind of stuff is coming up in a, in a comment. Fair enough. In our final thoughts, which we are at right now. So I'm going to start with Joshua DeVries. What a bewildering episode. I don't know what that accent was or why I chose it. I will reserve judgment on the plot until we see part two. I like that. That's, that's logical. But this looks to be setting up big things for everyone. I'm curious if what Giorgio is experiencing is real. Yep. If so, she's changing history in a big way. With Mirror Stamets dead, he won't be able to help Prime Stamets when he gets trapped in the mycelial network. And with Mirror Burnham alive, Prime Burnham won't be able to take command of the ISS Senjo so easily. Are they planning on retconning Season 1? Or will Giorgio, like Picard in Tapestry, realize that she must ultimately do the thing she regrets, i.e. kill Mirror Burnham? Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Tune in next week to Star Trek Discovery and find out the answers to these questions and more. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you can't really mm-hmm. reserve judgment on it because it's part one of two, so... Right, you know, yeah. I, I, you got to give it a chance, right? Yeah, I think it makes sense to, to, to be patient. This is what I think sometimes like people jump automatically after an episode, and it's like, oh, this is not good, this is not this. It's like, wait, like, it's just a chapter. Like, wait till the next chapter, and then the next chapter, and the next chapter, then watch the whole... You know, I don't know. Of course, if people didn't react and comment, we wouldn't have this show. So <laughs> exactly. There you go. I, I, the idea that this might somehow be a, you know, the discovery equivalent of tapestry is kind of intriguing to me because I mean, that's a, that's a very, very good next generation mm-hmm. episode. So I, yeah. that's kind of intriguing to me that that possibility. Yeah. Uh, Kaz Chuplis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If not, I apologize. Kaz Chuplis. Kaz Chuplis. I believe so. Yeah, it's actually Karen. Oh well, <laughs> but she changed it on on socials. Okay. Uh, I don't really care who Carl is. He's a guardian <laughs> of something, not necessarily forever. I love the quirky yet mysterious alien that have especially popped up in TOS. I don't think he's a Q, but we've certainly met characters like him. Two things struck me. One, this is not unlike Tapestry, except Picard was the same person he always was and was able to make the choice in the end so he 
to be stabbed because he ne was never really changed, only his circumstances. But Giorgio cannot help but be changed living in the Prime Universe for two years. It's so, so interesting when she walks into that lounge and sees all these people she knows, she now knows from Prime. Her perception of everything she always knew is inherently different, and as much as she talked about my universe in Prime, it is no longer her universe. Two, she and Michael are so very alike. The scene in the gym was fantastic, and she was right, Michael always does have to bend people to her will. So does Giorgio. That is how she became Emperor. Others in the Mirror Universe see the power of another position and want it. Giorgio wants the power of others to bend to her. They are both, in book's words, chronic overachievers. So good, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's very, uh, very good, yes. Yeah, I love it. I love this episode. The reason why I find this episode so fascinating, and Karen, amazing thoughts there. Like, I'm so on board. I wanted to this comment to be last because I found it so fascinating, and it was a lot of um, high-quality thinking. Um, the fact that we have... A character that's horrible, like evil, basically. And then, like, she has come to this journey in the Prime Universe. And now she's back in what we think is the Mirror Universe, or is at least a representation of the Mirror Universe. And it's like flipping it around. So it's not like what we're used to, to where the good guys go to the bad place. Now it's. The bad guy goes to the good place and goes back to the bad place. So we're like, but we're in, but she's the character. She's the sympathetic character in this story because she's the only one that we really know. Yes. You know, we've met the other ones before, but we haven't spent two plus seasons, two and a half seasons with them. With Giorgio, we have. So yeah, I, 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 I love this. It's just sets up this like, so like, I like the idea that we are all mirrors of each other in some way. So we meet people in our life at certain times because they reflect in a way where we are at, at, at that point. And so if we go, if we get really deep into that it, and, and examine it from that kind of perspective, I think this episode does a lot of really good uh, self-reflection, <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. And the parallel between Burnham, Michael and Giorgio is interesting too, because you have two people that, like she says, like having people bend to their will but, you know, they, they sort of do it for different reasons. You know, Giorgio is, you know, a power-hungry emperor. You know, and Burnham is someone who does who, who believes very strongly in the things that she feels like she needs to do. And that's what right. sort of drives her to get people to do what she wants. So, yeah, it's, a, right. it's an, interesting, uh, an interesting comparison that I, I don't think I ever would have thought of. I love it. I love it, Karen. That's, that's, that's great. Uh, all the comments this week were really great. What'd you think of everybody's thoughts? It was an episode that uh, a lot of people seemed to like and, uh, you know, generated a lot of uh, a lot of theories and a lot of questions. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what people are saying after part two next week. Definitely. Very, uh, very cool. I think that this is one of those seasons that when it's all said and done, when we go back and rewatch it all in order with the knowledge of what is to come it's it's going to be brilliant i mean i find season one and season two like that but i feel like this one has so many more threads that they're unraveling and so i feel like it's going to be quite interesting and seeing as how they're going right into season four filming already 
I'm I I I think we are going to have even more questions at the end of the season. I don't think we're going to get all the answers we want at all. I think there's going to be a lot more surprises and we still need a that hope is you part two because we only got part one so far. Well, that's a luxury that they have because they know, you know, I think they knew before season three was over that there would be a fourth if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that's kind of a luxury that they can maybe leave a few things, you know, hanging or, or, you know, percolating in the back of our minds by season's end. Yeah. I think that they wrote such an incredibly dramatic, shocking end to season three that the producers or the, the, the network was like, well, we can't end like that. We've got to renew you now because <laughs> what the hell did you do? So I'm excited to see what happens. Very clever if that's the case, you know. Yeah. It would be like, Smart. you know, we, we end with best of both worlds. It's like, how can you cancel? Right. You know, how do you cancel after a cliffhanger like that? So Right, right. Exactly. Exactly my thought. Yeah. All right. Well, that that brings us to the end of your comments for this week. And this was a lot of fun. This was a, a good conversation. And thank you for letting me criticize the critical comments, too. Um, <laughs> I do. I do like them. Matt, it was really great having you on today, too. Will you tell our listeners a little bit about your show and where they can find you? Yeah, sure. Um, I co-host a podcast called Random Trek Review. Uh, basically, my my partner, Andrew, and I, we we literally, no one believes us, but we literally have a hat. It has all 700 and whatever episodes in it on a little tiny piece of paper. We pick one out, we watch it, and uh, we, we talk about it. Um, it's... It's basically just an excuse for me to watch a random episode every couple weeks. Um, and so we're, we're on Hollow Sweet Media. And as far as uh, social media goes, we're on Instagram at Random Trek Review and Twitter Rando, Rando Trek Review. Uh, that's one character too many. So Rando Trek Review. And uh, yeah, we uh, every two weeks we're, we're on Hollow Sweet Media. So if you feel like uh, if, if you feel like going on a random adventure, uh, check us out. I love it. That's so fun. That's great. Well, thanks again for coming on today. I appreciate you being here. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. I uh, I enjoyed myself thoroughly. I'll uh, I'd definitely be interested in coming back. Totally. Absolutely. Thanks again. You can join the Open Channel conversation on Twitter and Facebook by following us at Open Channel Trek and by joining our listeners group on Facebook by typing the Nexus into the search field. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield. Keep an eye out for my open channel conversation threads on Facebook and Twitter, which I will post every Thursday right before each new Star Trek episode drops. Thanks for listening to Open Channel. Channel Open, standing by. Hello, listeners, and welcome to... I'm hearing a repeating as noise. It sounds like crickets or something. Is it a cricket? Really? Oh my gosh. There be crickets here. This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. I did kind of like the idea that he had the armory to work in. That was like his main mm -hmm. his main workspace, I guess. I found that quite different and that excited me. I think they kind of moved away from that a little bit as the show went on. Yeah, as we went on. It definitely appeared more in the 
first season, I think, and maybe the second, then it did the later ones. Did you ever become attached to Malcolm as a character? I wouldn't necessarily say attached, but I always I enjoyed mo- most of the the times that he was on screen and interacting with the rest of the crew. For me, I was I was more attached to Trip. So yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it makes sense that you and I are doing a podcast together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loading Hollow Sweet preview program for. There are four questions, a Star Trek Spotlight podcast. That felt pretty cool. And that's when I, I really, really started connecting with Star Trek when I was actually here and on, on the level of creator as opposed to fan. So that was where I started getting it. was like, hey, I could do this. I remember writing, <laughs> I sent this letter to him. I wrote to um, Eric Stilwell before I moved to, to Los Angeles and asked about the the rules for submitting the script and all that stuff and then i had this idea never heard back from him loading hollow suite preview program for ladies trek library women with a passion for star trek books one of the reasons i was excited to read this book was because it's called uhura's song and we don't get a lot of books where uhura is a main character Um, and she was my favorite character from the original series so i was excited to see a book about her and I and I like how and I was thinking about the uh, the Broadway play Cats because they kind of used cat names that that reminded me of the names in this book. So and and this book was written in '85, so it could have been inspired by Cats in that way. Computer, deactivate Hollow Suite.